0: Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finch. Turning your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 10. We're going to be finishing, concluding the uh, Following the Voice of God series that we've been in. Now, I realize that you could go on and on about this. In fact, let me tell you, this is a subject that's probably the most important subject that you can have about... Living a life of a conversational relationship with God. You never stop learning how to live in that relationship. But our emphasis has been in John chapter 10 verse 10 where it says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And we've been keying on that word follow to respond, to act on what we hear. But that verse came from a context of Jesus telling an illustration concerning himself and a relationship with us. So look at verse 1 of John chapter 10. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And then verse 6 says, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things Which He spoke to them. They did not understand the things which He spoke to them. That's the danger still for us today. We don't understand the things Jesus is speaking to us because we don't take the time or we don't make the effort to try to understand. Oftentimes, most of us, we want answers, not necessarily an ongoing relationship. We like our options. Rather than to have to spend time with someone. And the Bible says the sheep follow the shepherd because they hear his voice. They follow because they know his voice. Sheep get to that place because they spend extended time with the shepherd. Every day. Daily. He feeds them. He leads them. And then I love this part. The sheep... I would love to get to this place. The sheep don't follow the, vo- the other voices. They don't follow the voice of strangers. They flee from the voice of strangers. Wouldn't you like to flee from everybody's voice but God's? That's what I would like. I'd love to flee from the voice of strangers or strange voices. That the voice of my shepherd would be so familiar that I would immediately turn from wrong voices. Well, what's it going to take? Last week I told you about frequency, intensity, and time. And I want to kind of go into this. Here's what I want you to tell you. There's no gimmick, there's no surefire technique for squeezing out of God what you want to know. Let me show you what it's going to take. These are going to be on the screen up there. It says, a life surrendered to God, a humble openness to His direction. And that it means, even when it's contrary to your wants and assumptions... A hunger to know God's principles for life, and those are set forth in the Scriptures. A willingness to talk to God constantly and specifically about what concerns you. And then number five, a developed understanding of how God speaks to you personally. Let me just say this, God's going to talk to you uniquely, different than He talks to anyone else. Why? Because He wants you to have a personal relationship with Him. It's about you and Him, it's not about Him and us. It's about you and him. Well then why don't we understand? Why don't we understand? Well, let's just be honest. God's voice has competition. There his voice is voices from strangers. His voice has competition. You have to choose to change the way you think, not just what you think. You have to choose You actually choose who you give your attention to. You don't realize how fearfully and wonderfully God made you. He gave every one of us a brain. My mom would say, so use it. He gave us every one. We've all been created with an incredible brain. Everything you experience... In life, everything you experience in being alive is flowing into your brain. Then Connie and I say, well, then why can't I remember anything? I'm glad you asked. Everybody has been created with a reticular activating system. You see the picture of the brain... Everything your eye sees, your ear hears, everything that touch all of your senses except your smell goes through one part of your brain. It's called the reticular activating system. Your smell goes immediately to your emotions. That's why you get upset when you smell bread. You get hungry. What I'm trying to say to you here is we've all been created. This reticular activating system is the part of your brain. It's about the size of your little finger and it's about two inches long and it goes from the, the mid part of your brain down to the, through the stem into to the base of that is to the spinal cord. It's called the attention center The attention center. It's a filter and a switch that sorts out what is important information that needs to be paid attention to and what is unimportant and can be ignored. Now here's what's amazing. Your brain receives two between 2 and 9 billion bits of data per second. 2 to 9 billion with a B. Bits of data per second. To prevent stimulus overload, your reticular activating system filters out what is not important and focuses on what is important at the moment. It does this without your permission. So let me show you. I want you to watch this video. Pay attention. Real, really, pay attention. The Monkey
1: Business Illusion. Count how many times the players wearing white pass the ball. The correct answer is 16 passes. Did you spot the gorilla? For people who haven't seen or heard about a video like this before, about half missed the gorilla. If you knew about the gorilla, you probably saw it, but did you notice the curtain changing color or the player on the black team leaving the game? Let's rewind and watch it again. Here comes the gorilla, and there goes a player, and the curtain is changing from red to gold. When you're looking for a gorilla, you often miss other unexpected events. And that's the monkey business illusion. Learn more about this illusion and the original gorilla experiment at (laughs) theinvisiblegorilla.com.
0: How many of you saw the gorilla? How many of you saw the color changing and the other person leaving the game? How many got the correct number of passes? Yeah? Usually about half. About half did it. How many of you didn't see any of it, but you got the passes? How many of you didn't even watch the video? That's your reticular activating system at work. Your reticular activating system works out of the 2 to 9 billion bits of data per second without your permission, that reticular activating system organizes the data and sends only about 126 bits of data to your brain. Out of all of that, only 126 bits of data reach where your will is involved and what you're seeing. What happens? How does it do it? There's three things. Your RAS, first of all, it deletes. It just deletes it. You see less than one thousandth of what's really going on around you. Your brain just deletes what it deems unnecessary. Your attention was counting the passes. So your brain deleted everything unimportant to what you were focused on. Some of you didn't even count. Because after the first or second pass, you thought, I can't do this. Or, I don't care. The second way that your brain works that is called generalization. The RAS organizes and saves data in areas that you've already concluded. It presumes you know what things are like from life experience. You only see what you already believe. In other words, how many guys have you ever said, that's just the way women are? Or ladies, that's just the way men are. The whole point I'm trying to say is we through life experience have already made decisions about how things are and so it doesn't matter what information comes because it'll, it will literally be boxed in, generalized and put in the compartment that you already think you know. Deletion, generalization, and the third is distortion. Literally, your brain is only comfortable with what it already knows. Without you realizing it, Life experience has built into your brain how to delete, generalize, and distort most everything by the time you're 10 years old. So when this data comes in, your brain bends the information into what you already know. This all happens without your permission. How many of you have been talking to someone else and immediately you're talking and you can tell by their eyes they're not there? And then that comes out of their mouth. I know. Anybody experience that? Wives, hold up your hands. You know, here's the whole point. Your brain already is ahead of the things you're experiencing. This all happens and you got got trained that way when you were a child. Reticular activating system. Jesus tells this story. Now listen to me. Their brains and yours. You thought you already knew the story. You see, how many times have you been reading a book and or you've even been reading the Bible and because you recognize the first few words of this verse, immediately you can go on to the next ones because you already know. It's how your brain... And here's the thing. The reason we have difficulty understanding what God said is because we've given attention to everything else and God's not in the 126 bits per second that's coming into your brain. You've got... But here's the good news. Here's the good news. You can reprogram your reticular activating system. What you give your attention to your brain then will focus on. So if I give my attention to God and I begin to give my attention to Him and I begin to let Him know and and I'm telling Him, Lord, this is You. What have You got to say about this? What is it? This circumstance, come. Instead of what I've always... What are You saying about this? When I start to give my attention to God, it reprograms the RAS, to where now when these things happen, my first intent is, what's God have to say about it? What's truth here? And the reason that we have such difficult... How many, you know, I've tried, preacher, I've tried. I've tried to hear God, and I just don't get it. Well, why you, what, you, what, you, what you're telling me is that you, have, you already decided this ain't going to work. We do that. When your wife tells you to do something, you already know that's not the right answer. When she tells you to do it, you already know it's not going to work. There's more fights that happen in the house because of the reticular activating system than anything else. Listen, you can reprogram what you can give your attention to. and uh it, that's the part that i want to show to you last week we talked about be be don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind this is part of the renewing the the reprogramming of your mind to put god first to put his thoughts first to get into the scriptures, to have your heart humble enough to receive his direction It's to focus your attention It's to give your attention to god To direct your attention. To follow the voice of God, you must choose to direct your attention. Stop making assumptions about God, about life, about others. Realize how much you may be missing out. We saw a minute and 41 second video and we missed three or four or five things in the video. In a minute and 41 seconds. Can you imagine what you miss in a day? Can you imagine what you miss in a year? And we often are thinking, God, why don't you talk to me? (laughs) Maybe it's where our attention is. So how do we direct our attention? Let me show you how you trained your reticular activating system. How many of you were taught as a child, when you come to a railroad crossing, what do you do? Stop. Look. Listen, what about fire? If, you're, if there's a fire, if you catch on fire, what do you do? <laughs> See, yeah. See, the kids know that one. We don't talk about train tracks anymore. We adults think we already know. We don't have to train our kids about train tracks. Now we have crossing bars. Isn't it amazing how we've reprogrammed? All I'm trying to tell you is you can reprogram... To put your attention on God so let's just use the word stop stop something that you're familiar with stop Psalms 46:10 says be still and know that I'm God in the message translation it says this step out of the traffic take a long loving look at me your high God above politics above everything for most of us we never consider taking the time to know what we don't know We're so bombarded and pushed by life and so used to the shouting and the shoving, we don't take time to consider what we might be missing. Slow down. Somebody can say the rest of that. Slow down and smell the... Yeah. Slow down. Stop. These circumstances are coming to my life. Instead of just reacting, stop. God, what are you up to? God, what do you have to say about this? And if, you're really, if you've really been into it where you've understood the sp- principles of, of life through Scripture, sometimes a, a Scripture will pop to mind or there will be a word that comes. Stop. Slow down. Number two, look. Isaiah 45, 22 says, look to me. God says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other You remember in the Old Testament when Moses, after he'd been banished from Egypt, he's out in the desert and he sees this bush and it's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And the Bible says he turned aside to see. He gave his attention to what he didn't understand. And God spoke to him from the midst of the fire. He stopped. He looked. You've got to understand that it's not enough just to know that God speaks. It's not enough to know that the Bible is filled with the Word of God. It's got you've got to give your attention to it. When we started this series, I told you we was going to be as practical as we knew how. But I want to tell you, there's not a method. This is not a method. It really isn't. Understand that listening and talking and and responding to God and following the voice of God is about a relationship with the Creator of the universe look look for to god for what you don't know look to god for what he might be doing for what he might be saying in the moment give god your attention you don't see the world as it is you see the world as you are your way of seeing is not complete most of us have a picture of god and i want you to know your picture is never really god it's a picture of God. It's your understanding of God. God is so much bigger than your picture. He's so much more than you know. He is so more loving than you think. God is, but here's the thing. You're only going to get it if you give your attention to it. Listen, stop, look, listen. Mark four twenty three. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Don't presume you know what he's going to say. I ain't going to pray about that. I don't know what he's going to say. Listen. This is often not so much about comprehension as it is an encounter, an experience, a relationship. When you try to know your way to God, I'm going to figure this out. I've got all the answers. I'm going to figure this out. Let me tell you, you rarely experience him because you trust your knowledge. You will turn it into a method, a duty, a procedure to be followed. How many times have you sat down for your daily Bible study because you have a a daily quiet time because that is your routine? But how many times have you left your daily quiet time and you've read a passage of Scripture and in ten minutes you can't even remember anything you read because what you did is you carried through with a method, you carried through with a duty, but you had no encounter with God? You see, it's easy for us to trust our knowledge and even be inquiring and and even looking for other answers and not have an encounter with God. Listen. Listen. Give your attention to God and not to answers, not to knowledge. Receive anything He says. He might want to talk to you about something you were not considering. Be open to receive it. You don't have to understand to experience Him. Number four is you respond. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. You deceive yourselves. So you give a positive response. In other words, when, you, when God shows you something, say thank you. That's a positive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Say Yes. God that gives you some kind of direction, just say yes. Just respond. The quickest way to be insensitive, uh, the quickest way to become insensitive, is to ignore an impression. Another response is ask for clarification. God, was that you? Is this really you? And then listen. Write it down. Send yourself a text. Send yourself an email. I'm serious. Write it down. Talking with someone earlier this morning before the service, and they were talking about they were back reading their journal from 2014. Now you couldn't do that if you hadn't written it down. You got to respond. You got to do something with it. In other words, and here's a uh, what what a novel idea. Act as uh, as quickly as you can, as soon as you can, to what you think you're hearing. And here's what I'm telling you: decide to give real estate. To God's voice, to give God's voice real estate in your thinking. Sell him some land here, give it to him. And the more you respond, the more your reticular, that RAS, gives priority of attention to God. The more you respond, the more you hear. The more you respond, the more you hear. You can renew your mind and not be conformed to this world. You can follow the voice of God. God wants to be known. He wants to be heard. When some someone's not listening to, when, when somebody's not listening to you, how many of you have ever had a kid that didn't listen to you? Anybody? Nobody here has a kid that didn't listen to. How many of you were a kid that didn't listen? Yeah, we, we can do that. Did your parents ever grab you on each side of your face and say, "Listen to me? Well, if people don't listen to you, you can tap them on the shoulder. You can talk louder. You can make eye contact. Here's the point. You take the responsibility when somebody's not listening to get their attention. God has accepted the responsibility to get your attention. He wants you to hear Him so bad. A lot of times if you want somebody to listen to you, stop talking. Have, teachers can tell you this, instead of getting louder, if they'll get quieter, quieter, the kids will stop talking and try to hear what the teacher's saying. have you you had God get quiet in your life? Sometimes it's because we've given attention to everything else but, but Him. Understand that God has accepted the responsibility for you to hear Him. When men wouldn't listen to God for themselves, He sent prophets. When they wouldn't listen to the prophets, He sent His own Son. And when they wouldn't listen to His Son, He died in their place for their sin. He rose from the grave, poured out His Holy Spirit to move on the hearts of men. It sounds like to me God has taken the responsibility for you to hear Him. God wants you to hear Him. But listen to me. He won't take your responsibility to choose to acknowledge and give Him your attention. The creator of the universe will allow you to ignore, refuse, and reject your creator, your savior. To do things on your own, by your own foolish pride, for your own selfishness. But let me tell you, that ain't going to work. It may work for a while. It may seem like it's working, but it ain't going to work. That's just Texan. That's not good English. It's not going to work. But God also gives a promise to those who will hear His voice and respond. He said, my word will not return unto me without accomplishing that for which I sent it. We're in the Christmas season. You know what, he ta- what the angel told Mary? No word of God is without power. Nothing is impossible. Peter tells us that the word implanted in your heart is able to save your soul. Stop. Look. Listen. Respond. Well, what if I, what if I, make a wrong response? What if, what if I miss it? What if, what if I don't do it right? Take a left from John chapter ten to John chapter six. Just a couple of pages, probably. Jesus is telling them about the being of bread, being the bread of life, and they compare it to Moses and the manna. And Jesus goes on further and teaches them about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. In verse 60 of John 6, it says this Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? They still didn't understand. Verse 63, Jesus talking about it says, It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. You're not going to learn your way to God. It's the Spirit who gives life. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Verse 66 of that says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. That's a response, folks. You have the opportunity. You can say, I don't understand it. I'm just going to turn my back and walk away. That started our series because of the dream I had where the person didn't agree with what, God was, what Jesus was saying in the room. And they turned and walked away and Jesus didn't go after them. And Jesus in verse, uh, the, the following verse, verse uh, 67 says, Then Jesus says to his own twelve, Do you also want to go away? Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And also, we've come to believe and know that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Two responses. You can not understand it, and chalk it up that I didn't understand it, so I let it go. Or like Peter, you know, Peter didn't get much right. Peter had that foot and mouth disease. Anybody identify with Peter. Peter didn't get much right, but that day he did. You may not get much right, but when you settle it, that you're going to give Jesus the benefit in the midst of your doubt, that's responding. Do you really believe and you really are you really sure that Jesus is the Son of God? Then give him your attention. But listen to what Peter said. Lord, where else can we go? Where else can we go? You can go to a psychiatrist, you can go to a psychologist, nothing wrong with that. But as like you said, they're not the ultimate answer. But I want you to understand what Peter was saying. He wasn't saying, God, we get the right information from you. Here's what Peter was saying. You have the words of life. Now listen, the words of eternal life. What he was saying was, Lord, when you speak the word, I come alive. I may not understand it. I may not can explain it. Lord, when you speak, life happens in me. Where else can I go? I I'm committed. You're the Christ. You're my answer. I may not have an understanding, but I have you. Let me ask you, in those times in your life when God, and you understood it was God, remember the life that came in. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Responding to God, following God's voice, doesn't mean that you won't miss it. Doesn't mean that you won't make a mistake. Doesn't mean that you may not respond. But let me tell you, when you hear it, life and power and opportunity come to you. I invite you to follow the voice of God. Stop. Step out of the traffic. Look. Give your attention to Him. Listen. It's not about understanding. It's about encounter and respond when you do there's a promise my word will not return to me empty without accomplishing that which I spoke it for life
1: happens thank you for listening to this week's message for
0: more information or to listen to past sermons go to new covenant